Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Well, we have a very special guest that will be bringing the word this morning. Uh, last Sunday, we started a brand new series entitled Manger Memories. And we're kind of taking a peek back and looking at historically what occurred when Jesus was born. And, we, and uh, I, I think Amber shared how, you know, he came in the humblest of beginnings, uh, born in the manger, laid in the feeding trough. I mean, is that fitting for a king? I don't think so. But last week, uh, Pastor Deb brought the word on Mary and her obedience. And today, a friend of this ministry and also a member of this congregation, they've connected, uh, is John Titus. And I'm going to have him come up in a moment. I'm going to share a couple things before he comes up here. Uh, John is from India. And his wife, Amanda, are you from the Wausau area? North Dakota, okay, but, okay, all right, hey, that, now that's a big miss, okay, thank you for correcting me, you know, good thing I ask, when in doubt, ask, right, <laughs> but they have two beautiful children, uh, and they actually said it coming a few months ago, right after we reopened, and their hearts immediately connected with our vision, and uh, we met with John, this guy, he can make some amazing ribs, smoked ribs, I mean, and so, um, and, and that's, it's not because of the ribs that he's going to be ministering on the platform today. It's because he has a heart to serve. He's, at the age of 21, he answered the call of God upon his life, and he stepped out in obedience. God delivered him from a drug addiction, and God has used him in a very powerful way as an evangelist in the ministry of the prophetic all around this world, he's, he's ministered in Australia, he's ministered in Southeast Asia. Just wherever God would open the door, God allowed him to minister to people whose lives, those that received the word, received radical change from the truth of God that he's spoken. Now, he's coming today as, as a son of this house, as a member of this body, to share and so we are so blessed to have John come. John, come up at this time. And uh, there's a ton of more things I could say about him. But um, he has a heart after Jesus. Amen. And there's a passion for God's presence. And he's right at home in this house. God bless you, John. Master. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. You know, I felt the pressure when Pastor Matt called me and said, John, I want you to preach. See, I come from India. We do things differently. We have a lot of space to stretch. We're a crowded nation, but we stretch our time. When I came to refuge, I was amazed by the precision. How precise everything in this church is. That makes me a little bit nervous. <laughs> the first time I got nervous was marrying a white woman. <laughs> Let me be honest with you. When I grew up, I never fantasized a blondie. 
the next biggest pressure was not even the sermon part i think i can do it well but the jokes that pastor matt comes up with i'm thinking man where am i going to get all of those jokes now somehow i can get a sermon but i just can't get those jokes anyway i have a good one for you marriage is two becoming one but the struggle is which one hey i did it i did it i did it and the moment pastor gave me i like my dad is a pastor he just put me on the pulpit never told me when i'm going to preach what day i'm going to preach what moment i'm going to preach and what subject i'm going to preach it was always on that moment he would just come up there and say john's going to preach today i mean some days i'll be very relieved once my dad starts preaching so i thought okay today i'm not going to preach because you'll never know which sunday you're going to preach so some days my dad will start preaching 10 minutes into the sermon he'll turn back and say john will continue continue so what i've learned is you come up with the best sermon under pressure trust me your brain can fire up some thoughts you will never know you had it in you you think too much you can't preach trust me you just got to get out there and say i'm going to preach it's going to happen it's going to work that's how i did it to my wife <laughs> my wife was too white and too modest am i saying something especially from the midwest we don't talk much the parents are germans oh that explains everything isn't it no wonder they have the quietest cars because they don't like noise no wonder they live in north dakota except for wind you don't have any other noise in there people ask me john how do you like america i said it's cold like a freezer oh my god they said it's bad i said no that's not the part that's annoying me it's the quietness in the freezer that annoys me because i grew up in india my town is just 6 million people just 6 million people now you know what bothers me grave silence annoys me it's like watching a horror movie for me <laughs> imagine the culture shock for this black boy or a brown boy or a south indian boy ah huh? my wife told me a lot of stories about america god told me you're going to marry a blonde girl trust me guys i never had a plan no no i never had a plan of eating anything other than curry for breakfast <laughs> was in the year 2014 i was uh, ministering in melbourne <clears throat> i was about to get married to a girl in that same year july of that year i was about to, about to get engaged to a girl whom i was in love for 3 years 10 days before my engagement she called it off and i didn't know what to do i didn't want to be in india india we do a big party not a small party everything is big in india because we have big crowd people you know my wedding was 2500 people and everyone ate at the wedding so that's the kind of crowd we are talking about crowd is something that i'm used to i'm a people person because i, d- I didn't have a choice <laughs> it 
And I'm running away from this hurt, the pain, the grief of the girl whom I was in love with for three years denies me and doesn't want to marry me. And we told all our relatives, everyone that we know of that uh, I'm going to marry this girl. And now everyone wants to know everything about you because we don't have something called a space in my country. And something called a personal space too. You want a good picture? <laughs> so my neighbor is going to know what happened. My relatives are going to know what happened. Everyone is going to know what happened. So I want to run away from it immediately. There was a church in Melbourne that gave me an open ticket earlier that year. They said, John, whenever you have a chance, we want you to come and preach to us. I said, okay. So I took off to Melbourne. I just called them and said, hey, I got a 10 days free now. Because that was the days I had for getting engaged to the girl I was in love with. And now I have those 10 days free in my calendar. I said, I will come. I go to Melbourne. I was preaching. I walked down from the pulpit. A woman walked up to me and said, John, the girl you're going to marry has blonde head. I'm like, come on. I don't want to think about marriage for the next decade. I'm just sore. I'm broken. I'm bruised. Now you talk about I'm going to get married to a blonde girl. Blonde girl. I've been in Australia for some time at that time and there are times that blonde girls will come to me and say, John, how about we go out for a coffee? They're just openly asking for a date. I will act act like I don't understand their culture because I didn't want to go out with a blondie. (laughs) I was thinking I'm getting married to an Indian girl who cooks curry for me. This is my life. My life is set. Not that I'm against blondes because I didn't, I didn't know anything other than that. I grew up among Indian people. I grew up among brown girls. I grew up talking my own language. In, I, you know, English is not my mother tongue, right? I struggle with the English. I mean, I have to process in my brain in my own language. Then I have to translate it. And then I have to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. You think I'm talking English. No, I'm not talking English. I'm actually talking Tamil in my brain. And my brain is processing that and putting it out there. So I'm thinking, no, this is never going to work. And then she took my hand again and said, John, God spoke to you in 2012 and you didn't listen to him. That was true. In 2012, I met a prophet from Kuwait. His name was Pastor Daniel Moses. Looked straight into my eyes and said, John, the girl you're going to marry is not an Indian girl. I said, no, 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 I'm not taking this prophecy. (laughs) Have you been there? God is talking to you, but you... You're like, God, I didn't hear you. <laughs> now, no, that seems like a little off. I don't think so. You're speaking from the spirit. It's flesh carnality. You know, sometimes you can speak from the flesh, you know, because I'm in love with another girl, so he can't prophesy that to me. When he said that, I fell down on the ground, and I said to this, Pastor, Pastor, lay your hands on me and pray. Six months later, I came to Madurai, told my dad, Dad, I got a prophecy, the girl I'm going to marry has blonde hair. My dad thought I already found a girl in Australia. I'm trying to tell him, like, it's a prophecy. (laughs) So my dad is now giving me hints. John, I have three conditions for you. The girl should wear only Indian dress as long as she is in India. Because I come from a very traditional town. Very traditional town. I'm going, okay. Blonde girl. Indian dress only. Okay. My mom was sitting next to me. Goes, hey, make sure she eats some Indian food. Because I can't make burger and pizza all the time. Because that's what... Because that's what the white... That's what the... That's what the... That's what the... 
that's what the Indian people think that uh, white people eat burger and pizza all the time. Because that's what is sold in our country as white people's food. You know, pizza and burger. Oh, that's, that's white man's food, man. Right? Right? And, and we think, okay, my mom goes, hey, make sure she eats some curry. Okay. Now it's getting tougher. I thought, at least I had some hope that I'll find a blonde girl. Now I have to find a blonde girl who wears Indian dress, eats Indian food. How many times you felt like that? The God, what you're talking is pretty impossible. What you're talking is, mm, doesn't sound really okay with me. And now I'm thinking I'm not getting married in another decade. Third thing, my dad goes, make sure she loves India. Because what if she comes to India and the third day she decides my grandma is sick, I have to go back. One month later, I was called to preach in a church, an Assemblies of God church in Mysore. A, a town about eight hours away from me. I drove there to preach and after preaching I sat down. This girl comes and sits next to me, wearing an Indian dress, asking me to pass the curry on my table. We were having a lunch and she said, can you pass the curry? I always joke around white people because I lived in Australia. I was the only brown guy along all my Aussie buddies. So I said, hey, they'll have a different curry for white people. This is too spicy for you. She looked straight into my eyes and said, I can handle that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here you go. And we don't use spoons or forks in India. You got to eat with your hand. And eating curry with your hand gets interesting because the curry starts running to your elbows. You can lick your sweat a little bit and it gets more tasty. At the end of the day, salt is still good, you know. And I looked at Amanda, which is my wife now. She was mastering the art of eating curry. It was a spicy curry. I was already sweating. If you don't sweat, it's not a good curry. <laughs> curry 101, okay? You have to sweat when you eat curry. I looked at her, I'm going, man, blonde girl, wearing Indian dress, eating Indian curry. There you go. Guess what was my first question? Do you have a boyfriend? <laughs> hey guys, let me introduce my wife, Amanda Lee Titus. Please come up, honey. Please come up here. And this is how God does magic. God can set you up. Trust me. And it took me one date, probably less than two months, we got engaged. We are married for five years. I'm saying this before God. In five years, we have never had a single argument or not even fought once. Yeah. Now, let me say this to you. I believe in this word. Two shall become one. If Bible says two shall become one, the one cannot contradict one. It is one and God can do that. And I tell you something, when God said man cannot be alone, God knew it. Because you don't leave your kids alone, do you? He said, I'm going to give you a wife who's going to keep you in line. My mom was scared for me to be alone. She said, you can't be alone. You need a supervisor. You need someone to watch you. And God gave me Amanda. All right, now let's go to the sermon. <laughs> Guys, I'm going, to be, I'm going to be as short as possible because that's what my wife says. You got to be very quick because I come from India. As I said, we always stretch everything. 
We stretch the time, we stretch everything, okay? But here's the deal about, we are going to talk about Joseph, an Eastern man. Now, now many times truth is not understood properly because we take the truth out of the culture. You got to interpret everything from the cultural point of view. You know, people told me when I bought a Harley Davidson, they looked at me and said, John, you bought a Harley Davidson, it's going to leak. I'm a, I'm a Harley guy, I love motorcycles. See, when I came to America, one of my greatest dreams was a Harley Davidson. Someone just came and gifted it to me. That's all I do. I dream, God gives it to me. I pray and God gives it to me. That's what I believe. So someone gave me a Road King Harley Davidson, which is what I always wanted. And they looked at me and said, John, it's going to leak. Then I started studying about Harley Davidson. Guess, Harley Davidson is supposed to leak. It's an American thing. You guys have an affair with your machine. You have to tweak it. You have to tune it. You got to go into the garage and open the bonnet and see it like 200 different times. <laughs> we Asians don't drive our machines like that. We want a machine that we don't touch it at all like a Honda. Oh, that's going to run forever. <laughs> now, now people telling you Harley is going to leak, they are, they are misinterpreting Harley. Harley is supposed to leak because it is made for an American mind. American mind loves his machine and he wants to do something with his machine to feel like he did something to his machine. And there is a connection with his machine. Even though the machine is running all fine, he still has to go under the machine, get his shirt, a little bit of grease on it. Man, there is an affair right here. You just say it's leaking. No, it's a love affair right there. <laughs> when you take the truth out of the culture, you miss the truth. You have to become the culture. You have to marry the culture. That's why I make ribs nowadays, guys. <laughs> you just can't live with curry. You're married to a blondie. Now the way to her heart is through her stomach. Now here is Joseph growing up in a culture of law and legalism. A woman is valued by her virginity. The only way he can trust that woman is by knowing that there is a stain on the bedsheet on the first time he had a sex with her. That's what is still in many religion. But here is a man who raises himself from the religion. He has a good heart. He didn't want to, he didn't want to stone her. He didn't want to kill her. He didn't want to make a public spectacle of her. And God is telling Joseph, Joseph, I know you're a good man. How about we will make you great? Some of us, we think, God, I'm good enough. How many of us know when we move from our culture into kingdom culture, God is birthing that good that we have into the greatness that he has for us. He says, can we step up the game, Joseph? I know, Joseph, you're a good man, but how about greatness, Joseph? Come on, somebody, scream with me and say greatness. greatness. Louder, greatness. greatness. Hey, God has a plan for you to birth the greatness out of you. You could be stuck in religion. You could be stuck in legalism. You could be stuck, but God wants to birth grace. God wants to birth the new covenant. Hey, the world have seen only law until then. You're valued by what you have done, what you deserve. 
People often say, oftentimes I've heard Western people say it's karma. Do you know how, how, how negative is karma? We don't understand the depth of karma. Many people use karma's uh, way of life or ethics. No, karma is one of the most painful thing, my friends. When I see a poor in India, the rich will say it is his karma that he is suffering. When they see an orphan baby begging for food on the streets, the wealthy will say it is her karma. Because they said she deserves it. You know, there is only one religion in this whole world that tells you, I am ready to give you something that you don't deserve is Jesus. And that is why, my friends... That is why there are thousands and thousands of God. And I believe Jesus is the only true God. Because no other religion can do that to you. They were soaked in religion. Joseph grew up with it. Every Jewish boy has to read the Torah. What does Torah do to you? Stone people to death if they don't live by the standard. Paul writes it beautifully. Law brings death. My God. And here is God wants a man to get his heart. And that's what is happening with Joseph. Joseph receives the heart of the father for the adoption that he's about to do right now. Which speaks about the spirit of adoption. Which is the heart of gospel. Gospel was not a response to man's sin. Gospel was this wisdom that God had right from the beginning of the creation of the world. Man, he's birthing the most powerful thing. Hey, I'll tell you something. He wants us to get that heart this morning. The heart that Joseph had. Hey, the message today is Joseph and responsibility. Many times we couldn't become responsible because we feel powerless. The moment you understand how powerful you are, you will step into that responsibility. Because with great power comes great Spider-Man. <laughs> Isn't that right, my friends? Hey, 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 let's read Matthew chapter 1, verse 19 to 21. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Keep going, brother. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Everyone say this with me, dream. dream. Louder. Dream. Hey, I told you guys, nice makes me very comfortable. Dream. Oh, love it, love it, love it. In a dream, right? Saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take, to, to take, to take to you, Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of Holy Spirit. Everyone say Holy Spirit. Holy Everyone say dream. dream. Holy, Spirit. Holy Spirit. Oh, wow. 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 God is conceiving his dream in a woman. And now he wants a man to nurture that dream. Joseph did not conceive the dream. God conceived the dream. But God wants Joseph to be there to nurture the dream. Come on, somebody. Come on. Hey, God is confronting with his culture. 
a culture of an eastern man calling him to a kingdom culture how about i transform you into a new dream i want to speak my heart into you i want to give what i have for the humanity man many times we think i'm good enough being a christian but what we are not understanding is christianity is not rituals christianity is getting rooted in the identity of christ becoming the son of the living god and portraying and manifesting his glory to the people around us the aroma of christ to the people who are yet to know about jesus come on somebody and he and it, and it is conceived everyone say this with me conceived wow 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 i'm getting excited man i'm getting warmed up right now how many of you feel it in the air i want how this is what i want i said god conceive something in us today god just put that passion for revival put that passion for revival put that passion for souls put the desire the thirst the hunger that we have something inside of us by the power of the holy spirit and we want to nurture it come on somebody i don't want to be i don't want to just walk away i'm 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 a just man i like to be thus far how many of you felt that good is the enemy of great but god says how about great hey promises are standards that god sets for us we think promises of a baseline no god is saying no that's the foundation how about you build on it guys let me say this to you i was a drug addict i was suicidal 13 years ago i took 39 pills of ecstasy to kill myself with my kidneys failed in a coma bed i gave my life to jesus you know what was my mind my mind said john if only you can live you know what god whispered in my ears if only you would raise the dead back to life you might see a dead bone and stand there and say god what could these dead bones do and god says how about you raise an army from these dead bones how about you look at them and speak the life how about you see them and prophesy that you will see an army raising for god come on somebody guys was a common man how many of you liked it about joseph i love it he was not a doctor because we indians only believe in three professions either you're a doctor or a lawyer or an it oh we also believe in call centers when i buy things on a facebook marketplace i like doing that i have an addiction with it hey this is the longest we have ever stayed in a place trust me because we travel for 6 to 7 months in a year the reason why we travel for 6 to 7 months in a year is because america wants me to be in america for 6 months so i don't have a choice i have a green card you know uh, you guys think it's it's a, it's fun no it's not fun no it's a pain answering to the immigration they always look at me give me the second look are you illegal no i'm legal married to a white girl <laughs> so 6 months in a year we travel because i have to be for 6 months in america so when we travel we travel to many nations we travel we cover a lot of nations i don't want to go into all the details anyway but this is the longest we stayed because in february i came back to america after a 7 months of trip to australia new zealand wa da 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 we came back here and we didn't have anywhere to go because i don't have a choice borders are closed they won't give me a visa no country will allow me inside i don't have a cough or corona but just even a little bit of a sneeze they will oh my 
か<笑> So I decided I'm not going anywhere started coming to refuge Someone told me about refuge so John check check this church out man I came here to this church You know we all see things differently I see details I'm a detail person I come here I stand here and I started seeing the details of it and I looked at this and I said God I am not accidentally here maybe it is corona but but even in that you have a big plan and pastor Matthew was so humble to come and taste my food and have a meal with me talk to me i fell in love with this man i said to god god this is what i want sometimes sometimes we think i'm good no no god is calling you to great and great is often time an interruption it just didn't happen you think i come to church no 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 god is interrupting you in the church god wants to interrupt with your plans god wants to speak the entrance of your word brings light wow 400 years of darkness that's what is happening between the book of Malachi and Matthew 400 years of darkness not even a single prophet in this meanwhile and there comes an angel and tells unto us a child is born come on the entrance of light the entrance of a fresh air the entrance of forgiveness the entrance of bondages being broken the entrance of the curse breaking come on somebody you know you know you know something joseph was from a cursed generation how many of us know about it joseph is from a curse jeremiah chapter 22 verse 30 he comes from zechoniah zechoniah was cursed they said to him no one will become a king from your family You are a cursed man. Hey, I don't know how many of you felt like that. I felt like that in my life. Hey, I grew up in a church but I became a drug addict. My sister was this was this uh, the embodiment of success. Wherever she went, she took medals, she came back home with gold. She was applauded and here I am a prodigal son, a broken vessel, bruised, messed up. Have you read that scripture where it says there was a woman in the temple she could not stand straight by herself Oh my god she could not I want to quit smoking I couldn't I want to quit drugs I couldn't I want to get out of pornography I couldn't I'm stuck I'm fighting I'm broken I have issues my parents did not raise me properly I have parental problems my life is cursed and God says I want you check this about joseph man he's not a perfect man comes from a lineage of curse and god says i want you i want you tap the person next to you and say god wants you say again god needs you hey say that like you mean it man you got to preach to them god needs you i don't know how you feel this morning I don't know what your value system is today morning. I don't know what the people told you this morning. I don't know what the world is telling you this morning. You know something God gave the baby to Mary, but God gave the name to Joseph? Do you see that? God gave the baby to Mary, but God gave the name to Joseph. He said, "Joseph, I want you to name the baby 
You know why? Because the world can give you many names, but what does your father call you? Come on, somebody. You got to remind yourself this morning. Yes, I was from a broken family. Yes, I'm from a broken situation. Yes, I have scars in my life. But my God is still choosing me and speaking life into me and say, I want to see the greatness come out of you. I know who you are. Come on, somebody. Hey, the world called me black. The world called me broken. The world called me everything that they can. They call me addict. When I went to the hospital, they looked at me and said, he's just another case, suicide case. I went to the psychiatrist, I'm a case number. I came to Jesus. I said, son, I formed you in your mother's womb. There is no curse that is big enough for God not to break, my friend. And if you're sitting here, you're not accidentally sitting here. If you're listening to this video, you're not accidentally listening to this video. God is interrupting with your life and telling you, I have called you to greatness. Whatever has happened in your past, I rebuke it. I break it and I redeem you. Come on, somebody. He says, I want you, Joseph. I want you. He's telling this to Joseph. Joseph, I want you. Joseph, again, Jesus we can see the lineology of Jesus. There is Ruth, a Moabite woman, a cursed woman. Uh, if you read the book of Ruth, chapter 2, verse 3, beautifully says, she happened to be in the field of Boaz. She happened to be. John happened to meet Amanda. Do you think so? God sets you up, guys. Single people. There is hope in Jesus. He will set you up. He looked at Ruth and said, Ruth, I'm going to set you up. And Boaz is a good catch. It was not a broke ass. It was Boaz. It was a good catch. She happened to be in the field of Boaz, the most influential man, the most richest man. Come on, come on, guys. My mom was always worried that I would not get a girl because I was bald and black. In my country, black is a bad thing. Trust me, yeah, yeah, yeah. You think discrimination is not there. No discrimination everywhere. <laughs> Somewhere or the other, the humankind wants to oppress someone or the other. It's not just about colors. Many ways they do it. It's rich and the poor, exploited. People are treated for what they carry, what you have, how much is your bank balance, what's your job. Oh, you're a doctor. Wow, what does it mean? What about others? Everyone is valued in the kingdom. Come on, somebody. Huh? My mom used to be very worried about me. John, how are you going to get a girl? Here I am, white girl. What a good catch. Come on, somebody. Cheer it up, man. <laughs> Guys, I want to tell you this. This morning, you might be sitting there and you might be thinking that God does not have a dream for you because your value system is screwed up because that's what the world is telling you. You got to move up to the God's value system. And you got to move up and say, God, I am into your value system. You value me differently. You see me, the innermost of me. Everyone sees the outside, but you see the inside. And you not only see the inside, you call the future out of me. You not only speak the future, you cause the future. Because you're not only telling me, I have called you. No, no, I have formed you for this purpose. Even before I was formed in my mother's womb, he has put that good works that I'm supposed to walk in. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says like that. You're the masterpiece of God. Even before you're formed and born, I have prepared you for all the good works that you're supposed to walk in. 
My friends, I want to speak this again. Greatness. Everyone say this with me. Greatness. Greatness. Let, me, let, me be, let me go on to my highlight point. My wife made me... You see, I'm a guy like this. I don't know how to preach with the notes. And I don't know how to do PowerPoints either. Because I believe every point I make has power. <laughs> but still, you need a discipline. That's why God put me in refuge. Huh? And a white wife. He said, I'm going to put you in detail. Uh, until then, I was like, let's pack up and move. My wife, where? Oh, just get ready. We'll catch a flight on the way. What flight? What seat number? How many of you been married to a dreamer? It's not easy being married to a dreamer. You should ask Pastor Deb. <laughs> what was your marriage like? Oh my God, don't, John, don't talk about it. I was married to a dreamer. All you want to do was just pack up and move. Keep doing, keep doing that. And you got to haul how many kids? Four. My. Legend. It's not easy married to a dreamer. Is that right, my friends? Here's the deal. Here's the deal. When God is using you to redeem someone else, He's also redeeming you in the process as well. You didn't have a father, but the moment you start fathering, God is healing you. Hey, you, you came from a curse, but the moment you start taking someone in and start mentoring them, no, 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 God is healing you. God took Joseph from the curse and the brokenness and he says, will you bear my child and, and just, just raise him up? Sometimes you think you're raising the child. No, the child is raising you. You think you're growing your family. Your family is growing you. You think you're taking care of the business. The business is raising you. Come on, somebody. When God gives you an assignment, he puts the power inside of it. At the same time, it's a mutual process. The more you deal with it, sometimes you get frustrated. Oh, I got frustrated changing diapers, guys. I'm supposed to be a preacher up there on the pulpit, like rocking. Suddenly, they say, no, no, baby. God, I'm supposed to be traveling, Lord. Yeah, but change the diaper. God, I'm supposed to shake the nations. No, no, put the baby to sleep. I thought I'm here for awakening. No, 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 you're supposed to put the baby to sleep. I thought I'm here for revival. No, 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 give a bottle of milk. God, I've been preaching all my life. Don't drink milk, eat meat. No, 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 now mix the milk. We could get frustrated. Uh-huh. It's not easy with a dream. But dream is what God believes in you. Every one of you. He wants to put his dream inside of you. Hang in there with me. I'm going to finish soon. This is what every preacher says. <laughs> many times, many times we don't believe in ourselves because we always keep thinking about our limitations except of the sovereignty of God. Guys, I want to remind you again, his sovereignty is capable of seeing through our failures and reminding us that our call is irrevocable. Did I say that? Your call is irrevocable. I don't know how you're feeling this morning. I don't know how you're feeling this morning. I want to remind you, your call is irrevocable. God is not giving up on you. No matter what has happened in your life, maybe you're in a place to think, I don't think I can dream. But God says, I am dreaming for you. Just listen to my dream. I am singing over you. Just come into my presence. Come on, somebody. 
Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. Marriage and family is God's dream. But it is not easy to be married to a dreamer. This is a subject I want to cover. I'm, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. Pastor Matt, probably this will be the last time I'm preaching from here. But forgive me. <laughs> Many dreams do not come to pass because the dream breaks the marriage or the marriage breaks the dream. That's what the Bible says. Do not be unequally yoked. My friends, I'm a grace guy. I don't condemn. Condemnation will never come out of my mouth. But truth is a standard. It is not a condemnation. It is asking you to elevate yourself to truth. Now just because I'm speaking grace doesn't mean it dilutes the truth. No, no, no. Grace empowers the truth. It makes you understand you cannot be unequally yoked. Am I speaking something right now? Hey, I tell you again, I repeat this again. Many dreams do not come to pass because the dream breaks the marriage or the marriage breaks the dream. But this is what happened. It takes God to be the center of the dream. Any dream is very exciting to hear. The moment you hear a dream, you get excited. But the bills, the moment you have to pay the bills, that's when the dream and the bills come to meet eye to eye. And when you're married, it's even more difficult. Because until then, you can live in a car. That's not a bad thing. It also means God is stretching your faith. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Joseph was not rich. God did not give a lot of money to Joseph. He took a common man and said, I'm going to put a big dream in you. There's only one thing that Joseph said, God, I'll do it. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I want to hear, I want to hear that. I will do it. Sometimes you want to be a family. You want to get married. You want to have a baby. Now everything is rising inside of you. Anxiety, fear, bills. Let me tell you what kills the dreams first. Poverty kills the dreams more than anything else. Did I say that? I come from the third world. You're not allowed to dream in my country. You are born to survive. It took everything in me to believe I can travel into nations. Countries will not give you visa. Because the moment they see your third world passport, they look at you and think you're coming into the country to rob you, loot you. Trying to seek an opportunity from you. I kept dreaming, I kept dreaming. I was, when I got saved, God spoke to me and said, I will take you into nations. You will be preaching in nations. You will be preaching in stadiums and podiums. I said to God, God, I'm from third world. Poverty kills more dreams than anything else, my friends. And that's why you need to connect with God. Unlimited resources. Come on, somebody. Unlimited resources, endless possibilities. God is not asking you to fulfill this dream in the natural. He's calling you into the supernatural. And that is why you cannot be unequally yoked. That you too have to step up in the spirit and say, God, I am not going to believe what I see, but my faith. Come on, somebody. It takes two to tango. God likes a team. Say it again. God likes a team. Trinity is a team. Pericority. Which means the three of them are dancing together. Chorus. Choreography. Pericority was the first Greek terminology given to explain Trinity. 
That means the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they three are dancing together that you cannot differentiate one from the other. You know, have you seen the best choreographies? One hand moves, there are five other hands behind that. They all move together. You can only see one hand there. That's how, that's how they define the Trinity, pericority. Come on, come on, guys, come on, guys, come on, guys. Two shall become one. He's not asking you to be different. He's asking you to be one. Come on, somebody, if your partner is next to you, just hold that name, hand and say, hang in there, my dear. We are reaching the dream. I've been there, friends. I've been there. Joseph did not have all the money. Joseph did not have all the wealth. But he had one thing. I'm going to stick to you. Come on, somebody. I'm going to hang in there with you. We are going to make it. Yes, it is tough. Sometimes we got to eat only less. We can't dress what we want. We can't have the brands. We can't have the car. We can't have the house. But we have a dream. My God. I'm getting emotional right here. But God wants you to escalate to the level of the dream. Everyone say it with me, escalate. escalate. That's what the Bible says. When the enemy comes as a flood, God raise your standard. Everyone say standard. standard. Everyone say this with me, standard. standard. Louder, standard. standard. Say, say this with me, escalate. escalate. Sometimes, you, sometimes you could empower your partner or you can pull your partner down. Hey, you should go and talk to Pastor Deb. I mean it. If you have a dream, you need to go and talk to them. You see refuge, but it was a dream. It was not this big structure and everything just came together. It was a man's persistence about the dream that God put inside of him. My friends, you're not coming to church to feel good and sing a few songs. You're coming to church to move forward with God. You are coming to church because you're birthing that dream. Come on, somebody. You're birthing that dream. Hey, I was a drug addict. I, re- I repeat this again and again and again and again. Because you cannot hit any lower than that. With a broken body, with a broken kidney, with a broken mind. Not capable to dream. And God picked me up and said, my son, I'm going to sit on you. This dream is like an egg. Like the mother bird sitting on the egg. He said, I'm going to sit on you. My presence is going to just cover you. People might have called you a bad egg, but I tell you, I can see life inside of you. I can see that you will break out of this many times. You come to church and say, Pastor, can you give me a breakthrough? But the pastor can only sit on you. The presence can only sit on you. But the breakthrough is happening inside of you when you start to break out of it, my church. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Getting warmed up, man, right now. It's going to be a powerful Holy Spirit service. Holy Spirit. Jesus. Oh my God. Everyone that God called, they had an answer. They said, God, who am I, Lord? Why me, Lord? How me, Lord? We always tell God. You know, the problem started when they sinned. You know, what is the first response God asked him after the sin? They didn't ask you, did you sin? He asked them, who told you you are naked? That was the first question God asked him. Who told you? How many of us, we still think we are naked? We are clothed in glory, my friends. But we come to God, we think we are naked. We run away from God, we think we are naked. We run away from our dreams thinking we are naked. 
We only are so self-conscious, sin-conscious. God is saying, how about you become sun-conscious? Come on, somebody. Oh my goodness, I, I, I want to go in, but, but take notes. If you're taking notes, John chapter 1 verse 12 and 13. I want you to go home and read about it. John chapter 1 verse 12 and 13. It says like this. You're born of God. Everyone say this with me. I'm born of God. Louder. I'm born of God. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. God has given us an inheritance, right? Not just an inheritance, an unfading inheritance. Hey, hey, hey. I want to say this to you. Joseph was married to a dreamer, which is not his dream. Come on, somebody. It was God's dream and the main role was Mary. Are you ready to take the second role? I always want to be first, Pastor John. But now you're telling me to be the second person in the story. I felt so bad for the Father's Day. Nobody even knew it existed, you know. My son asked me, then I told him, my son, you just can't put all the accomplishments of men in just one day, you know. <laughs> so not many can really celebrate us. Here's a father not even seen. People say, oh, mom is here, dad can go. No, dad, you are important in the story. But he was ready to take the second place. We know what a kingdom culture shift it is. Because Eastern men always think they are the only alpha males. And women are there to serve them. Do you have that problem? I have that problem. My wife has to wake up and make breakfast for me because she is here to serve me. I'm an Eastern man. And God says, how about you do the dishes and you press her feet and you make the breakfast for her. God, that's not what we do in our culture, you know. <laughs> and God laughs at me and says, that's why I didn't let you marry in your culture. You can't come to church and say, God, this is our culture. Church is escalating you into kingdom culture, my friends. But this is the best part, right? Any dream is exciting. The moment they talk about dream, it gets exciting. When the bill comes in, the problem starts, right? Now, this, this is the best part. This is the best part. If you're married to a dreamer, you need the wealth of revelation and life to sustain the dream. But this is the best part. It is Mary who's carrying the dream, but it is Joseph who's carrying the journey. I repeat again. It is Mary who's carrying the dream, but it is Joseph who's carrying the journey. He is the one who's planning. He is the one who's going and asking for the rest hotel. He is the one who's taking them to Egypt. He is the one who's doing everything. How many times do you think you are the important person in the dream and you forget the person who's tagging along with you? Come on, somebody, wake up. And oftentimes we feel challenged by details. How many dreamers get challenged by details? The moment I'm telling a dream to my wife, my wife always puts details in there. <laughs> Honey, let me dream. No, how about the details of the dream? <laughs> I said, we always traveled, right? We traveled to nation, to nation, to nation. So I live like a nomad. We never bought anything that is more than what we need. So we will pack up everything for six months in a storage. Put everything in a storage, save $10,000 on rent and what and what not, and we can fly. Last year, my wife puts the feet down and says, if you want to travel again, I'm not packing the house and unpacking the house. If you have the faith to keep paying the rent for the house in America, let's travel. 
I go to God to complain. I don't argue with my wife. Guys, what do you mean arguing with your wife? Who wins? <laughs> so I take it to God and say to God, I want to pray to God. I want to tell you, God, what's happening? God said, why can't you live up, escalate, and become a man enough, a family man enough, to believe what your wife is asking is not too much? said, okay, Lord, but it hits a budget of $22,000 extra for just leaving America. God says, it's your money or my money? Poverty kills dreams. You think your wife is killing the dream. No, 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 no. Your poverty mentality is killing your dream. Because you lack faith to believe what your wife believes is necessary. Come on, somebody. Am I speaking something, my friend? And the best part was Mary was not pregnant forever. Thank God. <laughs> you need a timeline for your dream. You need to put a clock on your dream or else you will tire everyone who is walking with you. Everyone gets tired around you. Because you only keep talking about dream and nothing becomes a reality. And God likes clock. Not now. <laughs> not now. Now I hear the Holy Spirit say, John, don't stop. It's getting better. It's getting warmed up. People can't wait. Don't worry. They have lunch dates, but they will wait right now. The Holy Spirit will hold them to their seats right now. Lord, I come against every evil spirit that is tempting them to leave the house. Just rebuke it. <laughs> Details are good, my friends. Details, challenges are good. And God always puts one partner like that who brings balance to your life. Imagine me without a balance. I don't know, I'll be dancing with the angels right now. The most important thing I want to talk to you people is, Joseph did not have a sex for at least one year. Did I say sex? Sorry guys. <laughs> he didn't have sex for one year. God, don't do that to me. I don't have it in me. Many times we think sex strengthens a relationship. I'm going to say something else to you right now. Many times, sex masquerades many issues in a relationship. Especially if you're in a dating phase. Abstain yourself from sex to see things clearly. I say this again, especially all these married people are going excited. Unmarried people are like, man, you don't know the tension that I'm fighting right here. <laughs> if someone preached this to me when I was single, I'd be like, God, I didn't hear that clearly. Right? Many think that sex strengthens a relationship. Let me say this to you. No. When I was young, I got turned on by hot bodies. The older I got, I didn't get turned on at all, guys. It's a joke, guys. Stick. <laughs> because the young, you think of a good physique or a good curves or good this, good that is turning on. No. The older you get, you realize you have stress. You just can't think about anything other than stress and responsibility and bills. You know what turns you on the older you get? When your partner is ready to escalate themselves to your level and hold your hands and still believe in you and say, we can do this together. 
and we will make it. I still remember my wife was 34 weeks pregnant. I took a flight to be in Melbourne at the time, but the Melbourne Open tennis was happening, so my flight was overbooked. I got to take a detour at Kuala Lumpur. I often stop at Kuala Lumpur to just have a meal. I love Kuala Lumpur. So I got down at Kuala Lumpur and I said, honey, let's have some Chinese food here. We had a Chinese food. I missed my flight. We had to take another flight. I didn't miss a flight. It was overbooked, so we took a flight to Bali. Go to Bali, and from Bali, go to Melbourne. So I took a flight to Bali, and we could not get out in Bali because we didn't have a visa. We got down in Bali. My wife was 34 weeks pregnant, sitting in an economy class. We didn't have a lounge or anything like that. She went to sleep on the floor. I looked at her and said, honey, I'm sorry. I'm taking you wherever I'm going. She said, I'm fine. We will do this together. That turns me on. I want you to hear that clearly. That is what makes my relationship strong. I looked at her and said, I am never leaving this woman. This is the woman that God has made for me. The older I get, it is the respect and honor. That's what you seek in a marriage. It's not a physique you seek in a marriage. Because some people can be physically beautiful, but emotionally draining. Some people can be physically good looking, but spiritually draining. Don't be unequally yoked. I repeat again, my friends. I still think about it. Sorry about the sex part, guys. Do I say that again and again? I want you to get comfortable about it because it's a part of life. We don't talk about it in the church. We should talk about it in the church. Song of Songs talks about it. Bible talks about it. We need to get very comfortable talking about it. And we need to do it right. Come on, somebody. God values it. Right? Now, this is the best part. Church is not just a club. Church is an incubator. God put this egg inside of you. Come on, somebody. Everyone say hallelujah. hallelujah. Oh, I love hearing a Pentecostal hallelujah. hallelujah. Oh, my God. I'm Pentecostal inside, man. Hallelujah. hallelujah. I love it. The moment she got pregnant, God said, go and be with Elizabeth. Everyone say, be with Elizabeth. Louder. Elizabeth was pregnant. And the moment they both met, the babies jiggled. Oh, my God. You got to meet some people with a dream. You, you, when you have a dream, don't go to dream killers. Go to church because in church, we incubate your dream. In church, we speak life into your dream. In church, we are pregnant already. Come on, somebody give a hallelujah to the Lord. We come to church because there is an anointing in the house. Somebody has to sit on that egg, the dream that you're carrying. You know, when I came into this church, I said to God, God, I want what that man has. I pointed out to Pastor Matt and I said, God, that's what I want. I don't want these details. I don't want the strategy. I don't want the plan. I want the anointing. Give me that anointing because the anointing is what keeps everything together. Guys, you can go in precision. You can have rules. You can have everything you want. But you know what dominates all of this? It's the anointing. The enemy can sneak in anytime, steal anytime, break anything, cause heartbreaks anytime. But it is the anointing that keeps everything together. Come on, somebody. And that is why the Bible says, I put these treasures in the earthen vessel. Don't focus on the vessel. 
focus on the treasure. Come on, somebody. Oh my God. He, she came there, right? Church is where you find the lifeline, the support, the strength that you need to birth that greatness out of you. Everyone say this, greatness. greatness. Guys, I tell you what, God has chosen you. Tap the person next to you and say, God has chosen you to birth the greatness in America. Hey guys, you say, make America great again. No, 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 no. Let me say this to you. You are the one who's going to birth the greatness in this generation for America. It is time that the church steps up and says, we will birth the greatness. Come on, somebody. We get too political because we're not getting spiritual. We think one man can make America great. Cannot. It is impossible. Every believer has the responsibility of making America great. If they can step up into their responsibility and say, God, I am a father in this nation. Come on, somebody. You know why America has many issues? Because this is a fatherless nation. If the Josephs will rise up and say, I am not giving up. I am not giving. Come on, somebody. Oh my God, church is a place you conceive God's dream to birth God's greatness in you. You cannot give what you have not received. That is why we come to church. Okay, I want, I want to finish here. You do not come to church because they have a daycare. You are here because Pastor Matt and Pastor Deb conceived a dream. Coming under the anointing, sitting under the anointing gives you the anointing to birth your dream. Everyone says, sit on it. You cannot make the egg break, but you can sit on it. Sometimes you feel like giving up on your children, just sit on it. Sometimes you want to give up on your marriage, just sit on it. Sometimes you want to argue, but just sit on it. God just told me when I got mad, the reason why in five years we don't have an argument, because I took a different approach. When I was dating Amanda, I said to God, God, there are so many things I want to talk to this white girl because she's so different. God said, how about you just sit on it? <laughs> Come on, somebody. And I realized that my wife was not wrong. It was all I was wrong all the way because of culture. Are you with me, my friend? Sit on it. Close your eyes with me. I'm going to pray for you. Hey. If only you understand your identity in Christ, you know you have the power to birth the greatness around you. You have the power to break the greatness, birth the greatness around you. Sometimes all it takes is believing in your family, standing on your family with your children and say, you know what? Maybe the whole world is giving up on you, but I won't give up on you. Joseph was not ready to give up on his wife. And it was not his dream. It was God's dream in his wife. He was ready to put him in the second place. There are times you won't be recognized for what you're doing. You might be forgotten by the history, but it doesn't matter. But God spoke the spirit of adoption inside of him. God wants to put his dream in our hearts, the dream of revival. Many times we say to God, God, give us revival. How many of you are ready to be fathers in the revival? Put your hands up with me, please. How many of you are ready to be fathers in the revival? There are many sons and daughters are going to come into this church. I am seeing this for refuge. The way that their refuge is built, refuge is going to serve many, 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 many generations.
new generation is going to walk into this house and they need a mentor that's what joseph came under god even though he couldn't trust anything he trusted god you can't come to a mentor and ask for a strategy you need to come to a mentor and say i trust you can you lead me joseph came under that mentorship and joseph mentored his family church is not about you and me as it is done in heaven shall be done on earth god give me the spirit of adoption and fostering america needs it the generation that is eating tight balls need it we get frustrated with them but they need us this generation wants somebody to believe in them this generation of america is looking for a mother a father a brother a mentor who would just bring them under their wings and say i believe in you i believe in you i believe in you my friends i want you to birth that revival the father in you trust that you were blessed by the word tonight the times this afternoon this morning the chat spoke thank you for bringing that word god is moving by spirit and i'd ask you to ask this question holy spirit what are you speaking to me through this message today what is he speaking to you about the dream in your heart about the condition of your life about where you are at right now this message i believe has touched the core of issues that we're facing in our lives and we need to open our hearts and, and let jesus in because he is designed to birth something in you that's significant that's powerful that will be life changing that will bear fruit Thank you John for being obedient to deliver this message today. We can all identify with Joseph in a way. And how do you identify with him? How would you have responded and reacted? He took responsibility. And that's what I'm challenging you to as we close this service with every head still bowed, eye closed. You need to be taking responsible responsibility for your condition right now by simply opening up your heart to Jesus by responding to him responding to his outreach responding to the extension of his grace towards you to receive salvation to receive his help at time of need with every head bowed nobody looking around if you hear today and you say Pastor, I don't know that my life is right with God if I were to die today. I don't know that I'd go to heaven. I don't know that I'm ready to meet God. Slip up your hand and say, "Would you pray for me? I want to know that my life is right with God. I want to make my peace with him today. 
I want my eternity secure in Him. If that's you, just lift up your hand. We're going to have you. I see. Thank you for lifting that hand. Let's stand up together. I see those hands too. Thank you for lifting those hands, for being honest. We're going to pray this prayer together, and I call it a believer's prayer, and it's a prayer that we pray to acknowledge Jesus as our Lord, our Savior, opening our hearts and welcoming Him into our lives, believing in Him, trusting in Him to save you from your sins. Repeat this prayer after me, if you would. Heavenly Father, I open my heart to you. I believe today that you sent Jesus Christ to be the Savior of the world. He was born in the earth long ago to accomplish your will. He lived his life to serve your purpose. He died on the cross for me and he was raised to life by your power. I put my faith in him now and I believe in you, Jesus. I invite you into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. I repent. I turn my heart over to you. Make my life what you want it to be. In Jesus' name. If you pray that prayer sincerely, in this very moment, the scripture says, if any man be in Christ, if any woman be in Christ, if any person be in Christ, they become a new creation. Old things pass away. All things become new. God wipes the slate clean of, of every offense, every sin. And he breaks the power of sin. He breaks the power of addiction. He brings healing and wholeness to our lives. We're going to invite the prayer team up here right now. They're going to come up. My, my, my. What a powerful, powerful message. As the prayer team makes their way up, as we dismiss the service, they're going to be available for you if you especially lifted your hand. We'd invite you to take the next step to come forward and receive prayer. Acknowledge to the uh, prayer team person that you lifted your hand in the service to receive Christ tonight or today. Why am I getting the times mixed up here? <laughs> Amen. It is still morning. A little bit. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just so moved by this message. Can't even talk straight. <laughs> Praise God. As we uh, dismiss this morning, uh, there are drop boxes for your offering if you have it, and, and you can also exit the rear exit here as you leave. We want to thank you for coming and being part of the service. Let me conclude in a final prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for the message that we've received. Help us to take this to heart. Help us, Father, to apply the truth we heard in a meaningful way that will bring transformation. Lord, that this word would not become idle but it would bear fruit, that it would take root, that it would result in lives changed. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. Amen. Oh, God bless you.
Can we do something before we leave? The Bible says, shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Can we just lift our voices and shout unto God with a voice of praise and honor him? On the count of three, let's just give the Lord a, a victory shout today, okay? One, two, three. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.